فَأَطِيعُوا اللَّهَ وَأَطِيعُوا الرَّسُولَ وَأُولِي الْأَمْرِ مِنْكُمْ We're looking at the, uh, the issue of uh, the rights of Allah. Why is it that after serving your punishment here, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will still have to be punished in the hereafter? And I was mentioning that uh, one, the purpose of the punishment is to send the most powerful message to the rest of the community that uh, such a sin is so big and it impacts on the rights of the people. It affects the fundamental rights that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala intend to be preserved and ring faced. <clears throat> that is either the deen or people's lives or the continuity of the human race or people's property and people's dignity. And any infringement doesn't go beyond that. Is there some infringement on one's own and dignity or one's wealth or one's deen or one's um, the, the, the continuity of life or the right of Allah to be worshipped? So think about every single sin and uh, you know crime that happened in this world infringes on one of those. So if someone last time Allah committed a sin against someone, it can send a shock, a sense of shock and fear and insecurity in the community. So for the community to be protected, the strongest message has got to be sent. And this is where the right of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala lies. For Allah does not benefit in anything that you do, but the overall benefits that spill over from the observation of religious guidance is what constitutes the right of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Uh, and, uh, but what is personal is that which directly affects the people. So by giving zakat, there is that overall benefit of, you know, sensing, at least narrowing the gap of, in, of inequality in the society. And that's the right of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But the right that Allah has assigned in the wealth of the rich, that is personal. If you don't give it, then, of course, the leadership, the emir of the state, the system can say that, look, you have failed to do this and you are going to be reprimanded and held accountable. Just like societies, we don't pay the taxes and you cheat public benefits, they can reprimand you because in the process, you are not only, you know, sending a wrong message to the society, you can't get away with this, but you are affecting someone somewhere and as a result, uh, there have got to be uh, repercussions for that. Um, Sheikh, um, uh, someone is saying that, um, Salaamu Alaikum Warahmatullahi Wabarakatuh. Um, right. Please, Sheikh, Jazakallah Khaira for such an eloquent answer. Barakallah May Allah preserve Sheikh, Sheikh's kind way of answering his knowledge. Jazakallah Khaira, Barakallah Salaamu Alaikum, brother. My name is Abdul Rahman from Ghana. Please say a dua for my father who passed earlier this year. Thank you. <coughs> My dear brother, may Allah forgive and accept your father and uh, grant him the grand paradise as his ultimate abode. But my brother Abdurrahman, I just want to remind you one thing. You are the last appeal, appellant for your father. You are the most sincere person who can remember every single day about your father. Once you've gone, your father loses the immediate generation that can think and do something and benefit him when he's still alive. We can join in our prayers and say, Ya Allah, forgive all believing men and believing women, those who have passed and those who are existing. But for you, your dua will be coming from the depth of your heart. So every single day, do not forget, forget to wake up at night or after your prayer. Or if you spare just one sedi, 
give that study the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Say, oh Allah, accept this for me as an act of ibadah and grant the reward of this, my deceased father. No one should be the best friend for your father than you. And if you are gone, maybe your children will not remember him as much as you will, just as you do not remember so many of your second generation grandparents. You hardly think about them, if at all you know their names. So inshallah we join this dua, but remember the primary responsibility and the opportunity lies with you. What you do inshallah ta'ala, you manifest a righteous child who prays for his parents, and also when you do the same thing, your children should be seeing that and also be doing the same inshallah for you be the night. Assalamu alaikum, Sheikh. It's always good to see and hear uh, from you. Jazakallah khair. May Allah give you rahmah and barakah. Barakallah fiikum. Walakallah. Jazakallah khair. All sins will be forgiven except desire to harm, grudge, hatred, and jealousy. I may have done these type of sins during my lifetime without knowledge. Can I still be forgiven? I would say. <coughs> These may constitute grief, you know, one of those major sins because they impact on the fundamental right that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants to be protected. Now you are talking about, for example, um, <clears throat> uh, grudge, you're talking about jealousy, and you're talking about hatred. All these are kind of the actions of the heart that eat away at the core of one's honor and one's worthiness. So therefore, it, be, it is going to be one of the major sins. The Prophet ﷺ, for example, in country jealousy said, Al-hasad ta'akulu al-khayra asa al-hasanat kama ta'akulu al-naru al-khatab. Aw kama ta'akulu al-khataba al-naru. That jealousy, envy, right, and selfishness and self-centeredness it's away all the good deeds in the same way as as fire it's away or annihilates the fire uh, the fire the wood the wood log no matter how big it is fire cannot be touched it's not physical but it can eat out no matter how strong that you know the log might be and therefore much as they are big I can give you the assurance be in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Quran where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says inna Allah la yaghfiru an yushraka bihi wa yaghfiru ma duna dhalika liman yasha for surely Allah does not accept anyone who associates anything with him who takes away the right of Allah and and accords it something else other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala but he will forgive other sins as he may wish and the other things would include jealousy, hatred, envy, and so on and so forth. So I would say from the very onset, inshallah, inshallah, there is no sin that is so huge for Allah not forgive, including shirk, as long as someone sincerely and honestly turns to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in repentance, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, as described said in the Quran, he said, For indeed Allah Lagafar is forgiving Liman Taba for to those who repent wa amana and they accept Allah as their Lord wa amila sali and follow it with the good deeds thumahtada and then they remain on the path of steadfastness. These the same thing. 
However, the danger with this, and I just have to bring this as an additional element, because raise them is sometime when we envy, we exercise jealousy and hatred, our action may impact on people. It may cost them a fortune. You may have, you know, exercise jealousy against someone, costing the job on which his survival and survival of his parents or his children might, might have depended. Maybe the education of their children, their well-being, the job, the, you know, the livelihood, the, you know, they provide for his family, the marriage would have hinged on that opportunity. Because it's so severe, I would say we need, the quicker we cleanse our heart from the diseases of the heart, the better. The quicker we do so, the better. And that's why the Prophet ﷺ, for every single one of these, in the hadith of about, uh, of, 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 of about Darda, the Prophet ﷺ, it is mentioned that a man came to him and to Rasulullah as Ya Rasulullah, I was Oh, Ya Rasulullah, give me some admonition and advice. And he said to him, La taghdab, la taghdab, la taghdab. It is mentioned that the person referred to that hadith was Abu Darda. And the Prophet repeated it three times because we all know the dangers of being angry and wrath and hard-heartedness. It would have cost the Prophet and the benefit of being successful in his da'wah had, had he been hard and hard and harsh and quick at raising his temper. And the Prophet warned us against this. And that's why he said that if someone you feel you are overtaken by wrath and anger, always you know, try to say, If you are standing, sit down. If you are sitting down, lie down. Drink some water and take wudu, and then say, They might be invisible behavior, invisible feelings, but they can be the source of evil eye because of the hatred that it comes with it, and it can affect and cause other people, not distant people, but even including your own people, starting from your spouse, but also your children as well. So let us be very careful, inshallah. Allah Ta'ala about that. Jazakallah khaira for such a beautiful question. Um, but yes, Allah will forgive you if you exercise repentance and show atonement. If you had done against someone, one of the best you can do is to make a sadaqah and ask Allah subhanahu to forgive you, but also to reward those you may have you might have you know affected in the process whom you may never be able to see again and say sorry and seek their forgiveness as well. Uh, as Allah, um, okay, so Allah made you, you know your weaknesses. Salam alaikum, Sheikh. My husband loves me too much. Sometimes I feel like it's not real. Allahu Akbar. Allahu Akbar, mashaAllah. You know, uh, just as the Prophet said, men, tazawwaju al walud al wadud. Love, I mean, marry those women who are really exceedingly loving. And they love to, you know, to, you know, to, to offer you, to provide children for you. In the same way, although the tone, the, the, the speech was addressed to men, it is also addressed to you. So I would say, be even lighter, mashallah, tabarakallah, I think you got your answer, your dua answered for that. My married, my married friends tell me their husbands don't care about them. I'm really trying to give him love back, but I don't feel anything. He's a responsible and good Muslim. What can I do about my feelings towards him? I think continue the competition. Yeah, continue the competition. The more you feel that he's, you know, he's really honest with you, deep down in, in depth of love with you, 
do the same thing, inshallah. I think love is a reciprocal uh, ingredient of a successful marriage. And the Prophet would do it in his own way. Sometimes he could do it, he could do it by the way he would talk to his wife. He could call Aisha, Ya Aish. Right? He would say, Ya Aish. Oh, Aisha. So he say, Ya Aisha. Say, Ya Aish. Sometimes would engage with his wife to love, you know, to run. Sometimes would, you know, would make jokes with him. Anything you think that is going to spice up your marriage, Alhamdulillah, do so. A word of caution, my dear sister. You said your wife, your your uh, you know friends who are in marriage, they tell you that their husbands are not loving to them. I would say close that ear and put twenty padlocks on your ear and never ever listen to whatever your friends do say about their husbands. That is the gateway to destruction of marriage. That's the gateway. Don't never ever give any room to someone who backbites. For surely what they said to you, they can never ever say it in front of their husbands. When the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam was asked about Al-Ithim, Al-Ithim, Wal-Bir, he was asked about what is Bir, what is being righteous. Right? And, and what is being wicked. And he said, Al birru husnul khuluq. What is called bir righteousness, you know, in all aspects of deen, is all bound and embedded and embedded in good mannerism. And part of good mannerism is you do not talk ill about other people. Love is one thing. But what do they mean they don't show love to us? And now you haven't been detailed enough about how your husband expresses love to you. And no matter how much you try, you don't feel you can't. You know, you are, you are squaring up to his level. Alhamdulillah, may Allah continue. May he continue and trust me, I pray that inshallah he loves you more inshallah in Jannatul Firdaus when you meet again. But don't listen to other people. What you can do, make dua for him. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, If someone does anything good to you, reward them back. Show appreciation and gratitude to them. If you cannot afford to pay them back in reciprocal terms, make as much dua as you can until you feel that maybe you've tried your best. And one of the best dua. Nothing really generates a sense of subtlety and happiness and serenity in the heart when you wake up in the night and cry to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to accept all that your husband is doing for you and grant the best of the reward. You'll never know how much it's going to spice up and will make inshallah your marriage is stronger and stronger and stronger. It sets the tone for when things happen to go wrong. You always have a lot of things to think and remember that mashallah my husband has been good to me and I've tried my best. And maybe your husband will see. He's not competing and he's not demanding why don't you pay me back. But subhanallah out in silence definitely I know certainly he's really appreciating and he really knows and uh, of course, and even when you think maybe that he's done enough, maybe he feels that he hasn't done enough. And may Allah subhanahu strengthen and bless your marriage and the marriage of the Muslim community and our children be in light of Allah. Someone says, Sheikh, I live in London. Can I go to see fireworks on New Year's Eve? Um, I would say, you know, just be very careful. Just be very careful. Um, you know, occasions of that kind, um, we all know uh, there are always so many things that can happen at night. If you can watch it at home, of course, it would be better if you can watch it at home. If you can do something much better than that to remind you to appreciate. 
um, that's okay. But there is also another question that I want to sound this. Quite very often, of course, Islam is not a life of boredom and uh, being in bondage and all thinking negatively, I'm going to die. But remember, the beginning of the year marks another step. It tells you in a very simple nutshell that you now complete another bunch of 365 days for which you are going to be held accountable. So while people are, you know, rejoicing and, uh, you know, laughing their heads off, a Muslim should always be very careful that I'm going to be asked about every single day that I have lived. So before I can think of, you know, going to jubi, you know, to be very jubilant and shout out and ABCD, wallahi, I'll be very careful to think about what is it that I have done over the last 360 days, every single one of which, and every single month of which, and week of which, and hour of which, and minute of which, are going to be witness and demand me that, yes, I lived, he lived me, but he did never did anything for me. So inshallah, we pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that, you know, he gets us through this year, whether you think about the Gregorian year or the Persian year, the Chinese year, the Igbo year, I will think about the Hijri year, which we are now at the beginning of the sixth month, and I'm looking forward to Ramadan. More than anything, I'm looking forward to Ramadan for every single day, just as important as any other, and I'm going to end up this program today. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. أطيعوا الله وأطيعوا الرسول وأولي الأمر منكم فإن تنازعتم في شيء فردوه إلى الله والرسول إن كنتم تؤمنون بالله واليوم الآخر